This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Pod Has Spoken. We are into season 44 of Survivor. Pretty soon, well, Survivor is older than me now in numbers, but not in true years. They do two a year, obviously, so it's going to keep surpassing me by more and more. And we are here with, I would say, a friend. I think a friend. <laughs> right, Sydney? Sydney Bucksbaum, uh, Entertainment Weekly writer. Uh, who I got to know when I was on the Challenge USA through uh, uh, some interviews with her. And I thought, she's fun. And then I got a tweet from you that as soon as Jeff Prop's podcast was announced, you tweeted at me and were like, well, maybe this will replace like my must-listen-to weekly podcast, which has up until that point been The Pod Has Spoken. And I knew if we got you on... <laughs> then you'd have no choice but to remain loyal to us. Yeah, you were really playing the the survivor social game, even in the even just on Twitter. Like I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I was just mainly joking in that tweet because <laughs> I've since listened to Jeff's podcast, and uh, it's really fun to listen to. But mm-hmm. it just feels like an extension of the show. So don't worry. This is still my favorite Survivor podcast. I will continue to listen to this on a weekly basis. That has not changed. A big relief. And that will do it for this episode of The Pod Has Spoken. Just kidding. I also was not really threatened. Also, in good fun, I was like, Jeff's podcast will be different and also will be, uh, you know, produced by the same people that produce the TV show. So I assumed it would be in a similar vein. And uh, so I'm happy to be here. I'm happy Riley is here. What's up? What's up, Riley? Wow, that was a cool guy entrance right there, dude. (laughs) I'm not used to that. Do that again for us. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be the, the cool guy from now on. That'll be the character okay. I'll play. That's going to be okay. That's uh, that's your archetype if you ever make it onto Survivor. The cool guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Who's the cool guy <laughs> this season? Ooh, I don't know. I think they only cast dorks now. I don't know. Yeah. Danny, Danny seems pretty cool. He, he might be the cool guy. The rest of them are kind of dorks. Yeah, but he's the cool guy who thinks he's the cool guy who yes. the real cool guys are like, he's not the cool guy. Yeah, I mean, he did he's try tr- to like yeah. floss after he found the idol. So, and that wasn't cool. So maybe he does. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's cool, but he's not. Yeah, which is maybe as cool as we're going to get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a crazy episode last week with the premiere. And 
Sydney, have you been, you've been following Survivor throughout the years, like since the beginning? What is your relationship with the show? Yeah, I um I started watching the Survi- Survivor like back in season one, season two. Like I was watching it with my parents. I was just a kid at that time and um kept up with it pretty much all the way through my adult life. Um, there were some years where I kind of fell off from it, but like I've since gone back and like watched those seasons, especially during like the early months of COVID. I actually rewatched all 40 seasons, um, just completely binged all of them. And that was an amazing moment in time for what was actually a pretty dark time for us all. Um, but yeah, in in my career, now that I'm a writer at Entertainment Weekly, of course, Dalton Ross is like the OG survivor guy and he covers mm-hmm. it. He's covered it since season one. But in the few times that he's been on vacation or unavailable, I've gotten to sub him for him and get to write about survivor that way. And um, also since survivor people have started transitioning over to The Challenge, which is the show that I've covered for so long. I've gotten to write about it in kind of a roundabout way that way. And that's been really um, exciting for me. So yeah, I've, I've loved Survivor for, for many, many years. And it's, it's amazing to see how um, it's evolved. I'm, I'm loving this season so far. Um, TBD on how it's going to stack up since we've only seen two episodes. But I'm, I'm loving all the characters this season. Yeah, I am too. There are lots of fun. I want to touch touch on real quick before we get into the episode particular two questions one how do you feel about the new era of survivor the 26 days the three tribes the 18 people the increased twists and turns and advantages are you a fan of of all of that or some of it or none of it no i i'm really <laughs> a fan of the people that they're casting in the new era like that has been really fantastic to see all of the the characters and the really dynamic survivor like fans you could tell that they all love the game and they're all students of the game i do not like all of the twists and advantages i feel like they're not letting this amazing cast of players play the game that they're just having to adapt to the game in ways that like i don't think you need with these with this level of of um players but then also the 26 days is really tough because we're not seeing them struggle as much. Like I know you've talked about it a lot on the podcast, like at day 26, you still have another like two weeks to go. And I I feel like the accelerated gameplay is fun, but it could be so much more interesting if we still saw the 39 days. So yeah, I, I miss the old, the older like version of the game, but I love the the new players. So I'm, I kind of keep going back and forth. Okay, I like it. And uh, second question, which personalities are more dynamic, survivor personalities or the challenge <laughs> personalities? And why is it survivor personalities? Oh my God, I knew you were going to ask something like this. And I don't think you're going to like my answer because I don't think we see the survivor personalities as much as we see the challenge. Like the reason why I've loved the challenge for so long is we're seeing the same players over like a 20 year period and you're seeing. Yeah relationships evolve over decades and like with survivor you only see returning players come back once every like few seasons if they even get to come back at all so like someone like you you've played so many times we've gotten to see your gameplay evolve but most amazing competitors on survivor you never really see again so that's why i love the challenge a little bit more in that regard because we just get to see them more like it's just just quantity already makes the quality better. Are those relationships on the challenge, are they manufactured at all? Do you think because of that? Like, I feel like the rivalries aren't always true. They always like seem like 
like let's create a rivalry because it will make good TV. Yeah, and I think in these later seasons that we're seeing right now, that's definitely a little bit more manufactured for TV. But back in the day, like the rivalries were real. Like these people hated each other. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I always go back to to CT and and Adam. Like, like CT almost killed Adam in like a fight where he got banned from the show for years. And then they were forced to be partners in like yeah. one of the best seasons that ever happened. And like, you don't really get that on Survivor because I don't know, like you you saw these people living and like partying together and you see hookups and like relationships and like that. That's something that you don't get on Survivor. Survivor is much more focused on the relationships within the game. Whereas yeah. the challenge, you get that, that real life aspect. Okay, before we lose all of our Survivor listeners uh, <laughs> who don't care about the challenge, let's get into it. <laughs> Two dorky magnets. Uh, that's the title <laughs> of the episode. I already know who they're talking about. I don't think it's very difficult to know. And we go uh, straight after Tribal Council back to camp with the losing tribe. And we get Matt. I'm calling Matt's bluff here. Matthew. Because <laughs> we, as viewers, we call him Matthew and Matt. In the game, they're both going by Matt. Uh, which is actually more confusing for me. But he's saying that by playing his shot in the dark, he was doing what's best for him. And it all played out how he wanted it to. I'm thinking it kind of played out and he had to justify to the audience like why he played his shot in the dark. And for some reason, it didn't read sincere. Do you... Do you think this was the best move for him to play a shot in the dark and not draw a line for himself? Absolutely not. I mean, it's hard to say because it did work out like where now Kane is the only one who put a vote on Brandon. So the heat's on Kane. But like, I mean, Matt's logic just isn't sound like he wasted his shot in the dark just so that he wouldn't have to cast a vote on like kind of the easiest vote that he's going to have the entire season. And now if he needs the shot in the dark later, he doesn't have it. And I think that like there was a much better way for him to handle this. Like he could have, if he did want to work with Brandon, he could have talked to Brandon beforehand and been like, man, like the votes are going on you, play your idol because he wanted to flush the idol. And that way, like he would have an even bigger trust with Brandon. He wouldn't have to waste a shot in the dark. I just, I think that he's trying to justify it after the fact. And like, I think he has a lot harder path to go now. And it just seemed really unnecessary. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, I thought that it, it, you need, and the, and I think everybody's perspective is different here. But uh, to me, it, this kind of s- s- seemed similar to the old, like, I won't write your name down. And it's like, that's all well and good. But if you hear my name and you know it's going to be me, I need you also to tell me. Like not writing my name down isn't enough. And I think that this for Matt was kind of an easy out for him to not be present. But I also, I know a player like me would be bugged by that easy out and be like, we're all drawing lines here. You got to draw a line. You got to pick a side. And if you don't pick a side, you're with nobody. And you're definitely not with me because you haven't proven that you're with me. And so I think that, yeah, I don't think it was as bright as he was making it sound. Yeah, I had to rewind in those moments a couple times. Did Lauren tell everyone she had an extra vote? Yeah. yeah, I don't understand why she did that. Like, I thought she like lied to everyone and basically said she lost her vote, so she didn't yeah. have to tell anyone about Correct. that. Like, I I was shocked by that. That seemed like such a stupid thing for her to do. Yeah, like what? Especially, is, is there any advantage for her to reveal that? No. no. 
Well, unless the word got out from the last time that she should have had a note that said that she lost her vote and she didn't. And that just oh. never made it into the, the episode. Okay. Yeah, but that, then we're just speculating yeah. there. So from our standpoint, though, there's no reason to ever share that unless you are going to play an extra vote and then you need to tell maybe your closest people so they can still trust you. Yeah. But I rewound that three or four times and was like, did I hear that right? Did she say? Because it was so casual. I was almost like, mm -hmm. did she say she didn't get a vote or did she say she has an extra vote? I can't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't casual. She was like bragging about it. Like she was like <laughs> yeah. announcing it. Like, look at what I got. Like now I have an extra vote. Like, wh why would you play it like that? Sometimes it's so exciting to let people know you have an advantage. It's just hard. Like you think it's going to be easy and then you get this shiny new toy that you just want to show off. And every day you're torn between like sharing it with your best friend or holding it for yourself. And it's from a viewer's perspective, it's very easy to say, just hold on to it. Don't say anything. But when you're out there and you have nothing and you're stripped of everything and you have like one or two people you like out there and you're like, okay. Uh, guys, check this out. And then all of a sudden, everything blows up in your face. But like, you can't help it sometimes. Like, I've had idols before, and it takes so much. It's a battle, like every single day when you're just like secluded with only your allies somewhere. And you're like, oh, I should tell him right now. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe later. I don't know. And so I, I get it, but it's not great gameplay. And then Kane gets caught out for writing down Brandon's name and kind of backpedals. And I don't know. I think I think things are going to be okay for these guys, but it is a heated moment there. And this is like the human element coming into it. Brandon's trying to act cool. Sydney, how long before Brandon stops acting cool and goes for Kane? Yeah, I mean, Kane and Brandon, there is no love lost between them. But I do think that Brandon was playing it exactly as he should have. Like he was keeping it very like cool, calm, collected. He was still getting the answers that he needed without getting too emotional. Like, I feel like he did the best that he could in that situation. I feel like Kane is definitely uh, in a really tough spot and he's going to have to work really hard to not just gain Brandon's trust, but kind of like work with everyone on his tribe because now he's the only one left aside from Brandon who even cast a vote at that first tribal. And so... That, that tribe is just a mess right now. I don't really know <laughs> who's working with who or who even trusts who or like who has a good it, shot at surviving whatever tribal they go to next. Like they're just a mess. Yeah, it's because nobody voted. Like we don't know yeah. where anybody, all we know is Brandon is mad at Kane. Like that's yeah. literally the thing we know. And that Lauren, <laughs> everybody knows Lauren is, has the advantage. Yeah. We go to the Soka tribe, uh, which is where the two dorky magnets comes from <laughs> and uh <laughs> i love that we're getting a showmance like we haven't gotten a showmance in so long on the show and i love yeah. that they're just like so dorky and cute about it but they are being so obvious about it and so i it's kind of breaking my heart because this is not going to go well for one or both of them yeah, yeah this is pretty novice survivor play here which <laughs> it's not like you get caught in caught up in this quite easily it's not doesn't even have to be a showmance but if you bond with someone out there you become really good friends with them really quickly you're like well i don't really enjoy being around the other people i enjoy being around a couple people and it's like a lot of these game shows are like that and it's a struggle and a battle to 
stay separated from your alliance enough that other people don't suspect that you're working together. And these two, first we get the very sad music about uh, Matt breaking up with his uh, girlfriend. Uh, no, uh, she broke up with him. She broke mm-hmm. up. He was him. very clear about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was not mutual. <laughs> but they're still like co-parenting this dog together, I guess. I, I guess they had the puppy conversation going <laughs> on. And people do do that now. Like they co-parent puppies and uh, it's a whole thing. I think I've seen this in real life before the co-parenting of the puppy. And I think the person who gets dumped is like, fine, we'll just share this puppy together so that they still have like that little avenue of contact with uh, the person they're uh, in love with. I don't know, but that's that's my perception. And then he talks about how bad the game's going for him. But then, you know, the bright spot is Franny and we get this little, they're cute. Like I, I admit they're cute together mm-hmm. and they're giggling and laughing and they're becoming... I mean, power isn't the right word, but the power couple, a power couple, where they're so tightly uh, wound that they become powerful in the game because you know their votes are going in the same direction every time, which is powerful, but also, if it's too obvious, uh, it gets uh, demolished pretty quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, they do not have the power in the situation because they're already getting clocked on it by day four. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Not only are like their tribemates are like making comments to both of them. Like you even have like Claire essentially like making disgusted facial expressions. Like they mm-hmm. they're definitely like annoying some people on the tribe. Like this is not gonna work out well. Like they're they're just too obvious about it. Yeah. What are you doing here if A, you are the person in love, and then second part of it is you, if you're close to one of the people that is in love are you doing the same thing here that Claire is where like you guys should like really kind of like separate a little bit like at what point do you have to just be away completely yeah I, they had and they had good instincts like they were both mentioning oh we should separate we should we shouldn't be seen talking to each other for the rest of the day but then they yeah. they didn't actually separate like it, it looked like they Not were very still, long yeah so yeah I, I don't know. They're co-parenting a stick bug. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, they were communicating with this, this stick bug. Yeah. Cute moments, but yikes. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Be a little yeah. smarter. Claire's, dis- Claire's disgusted by their love. <laughs> that look that she gave at the camera and she's like, these guys. Yeah, I'm I'm living for Claire right now. Like, with in the first episode, her, like, talking to, to Matthew during the challenge. And then this episode, yeah. like, her commentary and her facial expressions, like, I, I love her. I feel like she's probably going to go pretty far unless she keeps sitting out of challenges. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she gets far enough where sitting out, if she gets far enough where she can get to the merge, she'll be fine. Yeah. She just can't sit out everything in the team thing, especially if they start dwindling in numbers. But I agree, like her facial expressions, also her just like laughing uncontrollably, <laughs> uh, like with her back to Matt and Franny, I thought was like a beautiful moment <laughs> where she just like could not like hold it together. We go to Tika and uh, RIP Bruce. Let's divvy up his stuff. I wrote in my notes, they're dividing up his things as if he's dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like scavengers. And you do do that, but like, 
when is the proper time yeah. after you've said goodbye to uh, Bruce? There should be like a mourning period, and there there was nothing. They just dove right into his stuff, looking at his belt. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn's rubbing her face on it, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she did need to clean her face from last episode, so I'm glad, even if it's a belt, which is not generally used for cleaning faces. She found something. Yeah, I I mean, I've been there too, where you get you vote somebody out. Or somebody goes and you're like, ooh, I need that sweater. I got to figure out how to get that sweater. Or you start borrowing stuff from them knowing they're getting voted out (laughs) in the hopes that when they do get voted out, the thing you're borrowing is in your possession so you can just keep it without even having a conversation about it. Tyson, that's cold. Have you done that? Next level. Yeah. But it didn't work. (laughs) Because they got it back. (laughs) Well, so on Blood versus Water, we were going to vote Caleb out. Colton's boyfriend. And Colton, when he left, he gave his sweater to Caleb. And I was wearing Colton's sweater as pants. So I had like a hole in the crotch where the, you know, where the neck hole is, but they've worked perfectly as like tights. And I was like, this is so great. Like these cozy, comfy tights to sleep in. They're way better than the jeans I have. And I was, I had, they were in my possession forever and ever. Like, Caleb never asked for him back, nothing. And then on the night we voted him out, I noticed he packed all his stuff. And it was going to be like, people knew that the lines were going to be drawn during that tribal. I don't think he knew he was going home, but he was like, just in case, I'm going to take everything. And it's not like I could be like, hey, you don't mind just like putting that sweater, just leave, you're safe, dude. Like I can't, so I just had to say goodbye to it. But I had held on and my play was to like vote him out and keep the sweater as my pants. (laughs) And uh it didn't work, but uh, recommendation, uh, sweater as pants. Very cozy. Wow. You really uh, yeah. make the best of a bad situation out there if you're using a sweater as pants. <laughs> Sleepwear. It's pajamas. <laughs> so, yeah, so I get it. Uh, and I also like the uh, the birdcage. How do you feel about the birdcage? I know Tika was talking about all the tension it was bringing and how everybody just wanted to to look in there and uh, and figure out what it was. Do you like this birdcage twist? This is the first advantage that I've liked in all of like the new, like post 40 seasons. Um, of course, we didn't see it play out in any real exciting way on Ratu because... We saw it the worst. Yeah. We saw it play out the worst imaginable way it could have ever played Literally, out. Literally. But now on the other two tribes, we're seeing exactly like what it's meant to do, the paranoia that it's causing and like, you know, when people actually open it up in secret and like how they deal with it after the fact. Like, do they make it look like they never touched it? Like, do they forget to put it back? Like, it, that has been so exciting in this episode that I I love it. But now I'm like, now that all three have been found, is the birdcage going to change? Like, is there going to be something different or is it going to stay there for the rest of the season? Like, I'm, it, it's like played out so quickly that did they not hide the keys well enough? Like, was this supposed to play out a lot longer? I don't know. No, I think in this modern age, they like things to be found quickly and fairly easily. And uh, I remember on Token Chains, I, me and Brendan were kind of sniffing around the tree mail area, which is where the idol was hidden. And production came in and told us to stop messing with the tree mail. And they like would not allow you to look for an idol without a clue. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And now they're just like, just like, just go you know, they, <laughs> they want you to look for them without a clue. Like the days of the clue are gone. So did you, like did you listen clue. to production when they told you to stop or did you, were you just like, oh, that obviously means something is over here? No, I think they said something like, guys, stop messing with the tree mail. We never hide stuff at the tree mail or something mm-hmm. like that. Like we were kind of like disassembling the tree mail a little bit. And uh, it was like right under like under an underhang behind the back of it. So it was there. Uh, but yeah, that's this modern age. They they want these things to be found. They want them in the game. And the whole design is definitely paranoia. We see uh, we see everybody at Tika looking for it. And Caroline, Carolyn finding a snake in a hole. Not a dangerous snake, but still like that's got to be creepy, especially if you have a phobia of that. It it is. Uh, it's funny because, like, uh, who was who found the crab in the hole? Was that the, Kane? That was Kane, yeah. And yeah, it's like they're like, oh, I found yeah. a crab. It's like you're not looking for crabs in these uh, idle holes. Yeah, you can't find like, these, firewood there. <laughs> yeah, this is an idle hole. We know what an idle <laughs> hole looks like, and that is a clear idle hole. Yeah, and uh, so it's funny that like it's it's interesting. Uh, at what point? when you're on a tribe like this, are you looking for an idol? Are you out there, Sydney, like right off the bat looking for an idol? Are you doing it, tr- trying to be coy like Danny is, even though everybody knows you're looking around? Like, what is your play? That's that's tough. And like, I in no way understand what it's like to actually be out there. But like, you know, I've I've played like a, like a mini survivor game that my friend has organized where like we have challenges and he like hides immunity idols. And like, you do have to plot out like, okay, in the first... Like after uh, the first challenge, first tribal, like when you're getting to know everyone, you can't go looking at that point because as soon as you're gone looking, everyone decides that's the person to vote out. But then if you wait too long, other people have found the immunity idols already. And like, you do have to figure out the exact right timing to like start looking. But then, you know, you've got people on Soka Tribe who are standing around at their camp being like, oh, we're not going to look, look like we're just going to be lazy. We know that Danny's off looking, but like, we're not going to do that. If you're not looking, you're not going to find it. Like you have to look so hard out there. You got to look in like holes. You got to dig in trees. Like if you're not even trying, like that's, that's so dumb. Like Dan, of course, Danny was going to find it. He was the only one looking. So there's, there's definitely a balance that I think that if you're playing survivor these days, you, you have to know what that balance is. And I was shocked to see that they weren't even trying to look. Yeah, I think it's a, it there is a balance and I think the balance is also dependent upon who you are and how people perceive you. Like I know from my experience if I were to be out on Survivor again and I started looking for idols, I'm immediately the number one target. Like I can't as Tyson Apostle, <laughs> I cannot look for an idol. I can barely even stand up from a shelter. They barely let me stand up. And so I just have to like take naps and lay there and be as non-threatening as possible. And uh, so I think that like part of that comes into play. If they're all new players, then it's probably a little less because you haven't seen, but you still have a sense of who people are and how they are going to play the game. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. We get, uh, we do get Danny finding one and Carolyn finding one this episode. And uh, they went about it First of all, and this is the experienced survivor player, if you put a birdcage like that in the middle of my camp, 
I'm waking up in the middle of the night when no production is watching me. I'm snagging a hook. I'm pulling the bag out (laughs) through the bars. I'm looking what's inside and then I'm putting it all back. So I know what's in there. Yeah, that was and that was my question. Like, how is no one even trying to reach their hand inside? Like, who says they have to find the key? Like, why are they not trying to break it open? Like, that's I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's the rule. Oh, I'm sure the rule is production is telling them you cannot open this without a key. You do not. You can't reach in it. You can't do any of that. For sure. That's the I'm sure that's the rule. Because I would not be waiting around. I'd be breaking that thing open. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be trying to reach in there and somebody from production would be telling you to stop. Mm. They'd be like, stop right now. But they leave you relatively unattended at night and it's easy to sneak away. Like I'm I'm definitely figuring out how to see inside that bag whether or not I end up getting what's in there. It doesn't matter. At that point, it's still an advantage to know what's in there. Danny and Carolyn, I thought, both took a risk by going back in broad daylight. They were too anxious to get their their uh, hands on the birdcage. And uh, what did you think about their play to return the bag to the birdcage? Did uh, execution-wise, who was better? Yeah, definitely Danny was better because he knew immediately after getting it and opening it and seeing what it was, he put the bag back exactly how it looked, locked it up like that was always a part of his plan. Carolyn, on the other hand, was just so excited. She sticks it in her pants. She runs away. She's literally relaxing back at the shelter before she realizes, oh, now the birdcage is empty and I'm the only one who's been separated from my tribe when they all saw that it was still there. So thankfully, like she timed, she still had enough time to put it back. But like, she was so rushed that they could tell that it had been touched. And so like the paranoia ramped up even more. Honestly, everything that she did, terrible for her, great for us. It was the best yes. outcome for this tribe <laughs> because they're all suspecting different people. No one's actually suspecting Carolyn, but that doesn't matter because she's going to put the target on her back anyways because she, any thought that she has in her brain, you see it on her face. Like she cannot filter herself. So I am just loving this tribe because it is all imploding in the best possible way. Yeah, let's go to that right now because <laughs> I wrote down here the sequence of events. <laughs> so she she goes to the birdcage in broad daylight. She leaves the cage open and empty, runs back, like you said, puts the bag back, but the bag, like you can tell, there's nothing in it and it's open. It, the bag might have even been rocking as the tribe comes back to like no, inspect the bag, it. The bag was still, oh yeah, after she put it back, yeah. You're like spinning yeah. or moving a little bit. And the whole tribe goes to the birdcage. They're like, let's just check. And I can imagine like, this is like the old school tree mail before production tells you that they'll tell you when there's tree mail. You don't understand that at first. So as a new player, you get out there and you're like, there's nothing to do. Let's go check tree mail again. Oh, there's nothing to do. It's like an old lonely person in the middle of rural Iowa checking their mailbox every uh, 10 minutes to see if the postman left anything. Like this is like, so I think that this birdcage is like the new version of that where they're like, let's go check on the birdcage, see if anybody found it yet. Let's go check on it. Guys, we're all bored. Let's just go look at the birdcage real quick. And they drag the whole tribe over there. Carson uh, immediately. Uh, is looking at the bag and can tell it's been tampered with.
This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray Strandom wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Do you think, Sydney, that uh, if you're reading FBI books on interrogation, you immediately are the expert on uh, reading people? No, I, I love how much research he did and like how much practice he did before coming on this season, because he uh-huh. clearly has a, a lot of like intelligence and a lot of knowledge about what to do. But he's so yeah, young. he tells us that all yeah. the time. So like the fact that he 3D printed puzzles to like practice them, like like he he does have a lot more knowledge than other people but he's so young that he's like he thinks that that's enough like he doesn't realize that experience also plays into it like just because you've read something in a book doesn't mean you know how to interrogate someone and he's like picking up the wrong cues from Sarah and like you see how it's all kind of Helen. going he thinks Helen. It's Helen. yeah you can yeah. you can see how he's <laughs> It's all going wrong for him, but he's so confident that he's right that it's amazing to watch. He oh, is I love it. such a classic, like 20-year-old who's been told his entire <laughs> life how smart he is and has not yeah. realized yes. that he can be wrong about things. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so good. That he thinks that like he is like going to work for NASA and he's keeping that a secret from everyone. Like he still thinks that that's something to keep secret when like we all know in this day and age that actually has nothing to do with survivor so yeah it's like the people who are it's like lawyers and people who went to ivy league schools that get on survivor like don't tell anybody that my parents are wealthy enough to (laughs) buy me into harvard don't say anything (laughs) like it's like okay that doesn't make you like oh sure or then they're like i'm a lawyer and i don't want people to know because as everyone knows lawyers are the smartest around and elevator salesmen don't forget elevator salesmen you gotta hide that for (laughs) sure so Carson gets a read on Helen. Uh, and so he must be so proud that she's gone thinking he flushed the idol, I guess, or got rid of the idol, I guess. Jam Jam uh, gets a read on Sarah. Sarah suspects Jam Jam. <laughs> and then Carson and Sarah march Carolyn over to look at the bag. I forget what she says. D- Snake? Did she say sn- no? She's looked at them and was just like, mm. <laughs> she, Yeah, like, she didn't say anything. 
<laughs> she just yeah. made some noises. <laughs> but I, I did like how with how she's not able to hide much. Like she's not really able to like BS anything. Yeah. It, like her decision to just like blame if she's acting weird, it's still because of the snake. I thought that was brilliant. Like <laughs> Yeah. She does she, say snake a couple times. Yeah. Snake. Nothing else. Like, hmm. She just says snake over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and they accept it. <laughs> Riley, roommate with uh Carolyn uh for a year. <laughs> for a year? Oh or uh, yeah. What is gonna be on the other side of this pickle for a year? <laughs> Oh my goodness! For a year, you get a, a, a you get to be on Survivor. Ooh. Oh, so oh, so if I room for with her for a year, I get to be on Survivor. Yeah, mm. and that's that's real tough. I think uh, my fiance would be real upset. It, it would have to. <laughs> it would involve some discussions. She, Carolyn's also living with you, with oh, you both of you. She third wheels. Yeah, you, yeah, she can third wheel. There's two bedrooms. All right. Oh, okay. We're getting a little apartment shared bathroom, upgrade. shared, shared, shared bathroom. <laughs> okay. I think I could Ooh. do that. I think I could do that. That's worth <laughs> a trip for survivor. Okay. And Carolyn never has to leave the apartment. She, her life is covered enough that she never has mm. to go anywhere for anything. She's there all the time. Okay. I might reconsider my work from home situation. Yeah. I might, <laughs> <laughs> I might look into seeing if I can rent a little office space around here and uh, yeah, work from there. <laughs> yeah. I love her. I love her on the show. I love watching her. I don't think I would enjoy being on a tribe with her, but I would enjoy being on a, a tribe she wasn't on, watching her from uh, across whatever beach or, or whatever is separating them. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So we get to the immunity challenge and also rewards for some fishing gear. And uh, we got the snake maze, the classic snake maze. I consider myself uh, one of the strongest to ever uh, do the snake maze. I don't even know if they've done the snake maze since the time I did it on Winners at War. So I got to be in the top 10 for sure. Wait, but have you have you ever done it in one try like Matthew did? Like, how do you, well, so, how do you think you would fare against him? So for Winners at War, uh, we had to land two balls on the snake maze. And the first one, I think I dropped like once or twice and then I got it pretty good and then the second one I might have dropped once right off the get-go as I was trying to move fast because like if you're going to drop it's best to drop early on mm -hmm. and then I moved a little slower but uh I don't know it's hard to say how I would have done against him I think uh, I would have been okay but I also like I think that we're in a new era of Survivor and maybe not but I feel like we are because we have Carson who's making these 3D puzzles. We have Matthew who's building these replicas in in his backyard. Am I, I'm like a fly by the seat of your pants type of guy. Like I am not, I'm not doing that. Like there's no, I'm not doing that. I'd never do that. Like I, I, I'm not going through the lengths to 3D print something or to build something. I'm just going to go off of the talents I have and hope that they're enough. But are we going to start seeing these uh, specialists, these challenge specialists who are so well-trained, they're like the ninja warrior people of Survivor. Is that like what you have to do now? I, I just think like that kind of means it's time for Survivor to get new puzzles. Like if yeah. all these contestants are building the exact replicas, like Carson literally 3D printed that flame puzzle down to yeah. the exact pieces, like... The survivor needs to come up with new puzzles so that evens the playing fields. Cause you even see like 
Helen talking about it back at their tribal camp, like, how are we supposed to compete against this guy who does it in his backyard? Like, I think it's great for contestants to like practice puzzles in general. But like if they're doing the exact replica of the puzzle, that's that's a problem. Okay. Yeah. And that that, I mean, I think that too, but also it's like, if you're going to prepare and you're going to prepare that well, then maybe you should be rewarded. It's not a new thing. I think uh, Spencer Bledsoe did a puzzle super fast uh, on one of his seasons. And he was like, it's because I saw it at home and figured it out before. So I knew exactly what to do here. So it's not a brand new thing, but I think that it's becoming more and more. We're seeing people that are building these replicas and there are a lot of them are available. Like you could find someplace else to just buy them from Mm -hmm. like people are making these mini replica puzzles. Uh, So you think that's the better play for TV is to keep switching up the puzzles rather than let people be rewarded if they're going to go through the hassle of dedicating their backyard, taking their backyard away from their (laughs) children and dedicating it to them uh, excelling on Survivor. Yeah, I, I think that there's something to like people practicing puzzles and like something like a slide puzzle. Once you have like the algorithm down, you can do any slide puzzle, no matter how many amount of pieces there are, or like what the design is. So like practicing is good, but like switch up the puzzles so that people aren't just doing it by memorizing where each piece goes. Like that's, I yeah. think that there's like some happy medium there. So you're saying all slide puzzles. Yes. All, all slide puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Riley doesn't have I, a backyard. I don't have a backyard. So you're already at a I, disadvantage. Yeah, I can't build. Well, unless this two bedroom apartment that I'm sharing with Carolyn is a backyard. Hopefully it does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, one of, one of the rooms just has to be a room of puzzles. Yeah, a room of, yeah. of just survivor. <laughs> so all puzzles. three of you sleep in this in the bedroom, and then the other room is an office slash survivor puzzle training facility. <laughs> mm, yes. I'm reconsidering the deal now. <laughs> Are we going to find survivor gyms all over the country that have all of these puzzles, and you can just go in and pay a membership fee? Yeah. Oh man, I hope so. I would. I would be in there first thing. I, that sounds so fun. I love puzzles. <laughs> this is like well, a, I'm taking on investors actually right now. Yeah. 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 So go ahead and just Venmo me, uh, whoever's <laughs> listening, and if uh, we raise the right amount, we'll build it. If not, uh, your money will go to a different cause. <laughs> Equally as good, but just Equally different. Equally as good, just different. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I that, I mean, I'm thinking that and I'm like, good for him for practicing and figuring it out. And also like there, there are a lot of puzzles on Survivor. So like choosing to focus on a couple of them, you may not even see that puzzle or have the opportunity to compete in that puzzle anyways. So, uh, but I agree. Like I, I think doing any puzzle is good preparation for puzzles. I also, the other point during the challenge, uh, Clara sits out again and Jeff asks her, <laughs> Jeff, a little feisty here. <laughs> He's like, was that, uh, did you volunteer? Or was that a tribe decision? And she's like, uh, both. It wasn't both. No, you could tell by the way that the rest of her tribe was acting. That was, yeah. that, that's what made me start to kind of like side-eye Claire a little bit. Like she hasn't shown me anything to doubt her yet until that moment. And I was like, oh, like there's, there's some other stuff going on here. Like maybe someone else wanted to sit out or maybe they wanted her to compete. And she said, no, like there's not, that wasn't a good decision on her part. Yeah. I think you do need to let the tribe, like if the tribe understands that you are a liability in a challenge, then obviously they're going to go along with that. Uh, But if not, like let someone else have a turn taking a, you know, a 
a voyeuristic role on the challenge. You, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the sandbags in the bags of sand. Like that, that was just random. Like not every bag had sand. And I think that as a veteran of the game, in my mind, I'm putting myself in the mind of the people who built the challenge to say, where are they hiding these sandbags in these bigger bags of sand? Are, am I, are they going to be at the bottom? They're obviously not going to be the very first bag I open, like not right front and center top. So I think there is like a, even like a little learning curve there to that. Are you approaching that as a first time player? If you were out there, would you have like had the wherewithal to be like, where are they hiding these sandbags? Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, I feel like everyone's talked about, there's always something like, there's like a challenge within the challenge on these things. And like, yes. it's, it's not going to be the first one that you pick. It's probably going to be buried under like a few of them. They want there to be some intense, like, you know, they, they, they want it to be a little bit harder. So yeah, I'm, I'm not picking the one that's right on the top. I'm, I'm kind of digging around for one that's at the bottom. Yeah. Riley, in your uh, challenge room, your puzzle room, uh, which which sandbag are you taking? I'm probably just ripping them open the first one I grab. I feel like this is where I'm not overthinking it, but (laughs) this is the thing that you kind of can't prepare for with the puzzles because it's like the the psychology of how they put it together. Yeah, like you don't know how they're going to put it together. Which bag's going to have because yeah, you can't you can't overthink it too much because then you're gonna screw yourself over so like yeah well the the best part is this part of the challenge is kind of the part that doesn't matter so because it's all just Mm -hmm. gonna come down to the snake like i i think uh it was ratu that was way behind and then they end up winning anyways and you're also not going to get in trouble from your tribe for picking a bag that doesn't have the ball or whatever is inside it because it is there is randomness to it he's a liability because he can't pick the right sandbag yeah, <laughs> <doesn't really> work. <laughs> he didn't guess correctly. But I think that like this conversation of like, Sydney, you said there's like the challenge within the challenge. Survivor is very good at making things not seem or yeah, they're not as they seem. Like you look at a puzzle and it seems square, but it's barely, barely, barely rectangle. And all of a sudden you're an inch off everywhere and you don't know why. Like that is like, that's the mindset I went into on the challenge USA was like, all of these challenges will not be as they seem. And then I realized that <laughs> they were there. They were exactly as they seemed and sometimes even simpler. Yeah. And so I was like, cause I like, I am with survivor. You're like, how is the challenge crew tricking me? How are they trying to trick us? And what can I do to negate that? And so uh, I think like you're not seeing it here so much right now, but there are instances where you ha- they force you to think outside of the box. You have mm-hmm. to think outside of the box to perform these challenges. Yeah. And uh, so I think that, yeah, like all of that stuff comes into like as you're looking at the breakdown of everything, you're like, how can I finish this faster? Is there like what is where I'll be a step ahead here or a step behind here? All of that. Uh, anyways. Uh, we see, is it Josh from Soka is struggling with the snake and he's dripping sweat, but he keeps going and he ends up taking second for mm-hmm. immunity. Tika loses. And I also thought that that is 
a testament to the challenges as well is like when you're out there, do not give up. Do not stop until it is done. Yeah. Because you never know. I, I just I truly thought that we were gonna see Soka lose and like we were finally gonna get to see some of Josh because I feel like he's kind of the only player we haven't really like gotten to know. And so yeah. I, I was surprised that like he ended up pulling out the win because I, I was for sure that we were gonna see Soka lose in that moment. Yeah. And I I kind of thought so too, but then yeah, it happened. Tika loses. Uh, I mean, that's who we wanted to go to the tribal council anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. With everything that happened, everybody's suspecting everybody. As we exit uh, the challenge, Carolyn doesn't feel like she can trust anybody. It doesn't feel like she fits in and is debating playing the idol. And that's exactly the spot we want her in, right? As a viewer, we're like, okay, yeah, we want her to, <laughs> you know, do something crazy. That's what we want. And we go back to uh, Tika and... This is the mad scramble before uh, before tribal council. And we get Carson kind of playing everybody to the point where I'm like, he's going home for sure. He's going home this episode. Like there was a moment where there wasn't a doubt in my mind. He was going home. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I, I for sure thought that he was still sticking for, for like a second when he when we first start to see him playing both sides. I thought he was for sure sticking with Helen and Sarah, and he was just, he had the foresight to like still buddy up with Jam Jam and Carolyn. And like, especially like, you know, you never want the person going home to know that they're going home in case they have something. Yes. But then, you know, when we started seeing Carolyn like sussing out that like, why would Carson vote with us? Like, that's not in his benefit. That's when I started to get more convinced that Carson actually was considering going with. Carolyn and Jam Jam, because then you got to remember Sarah doesn't have a vote. And so yeah. why? And, and they're starting, he's starting to think that Helen has the idol. So like, yes. why, why wouldn't he try to target her and flush the idol and like work with these two that he probably like in his young mind, he probably thinks that he knows better than Jam Jam and Carolyn. And he could be the leader of that threesome. Whereas with Sarah and Helen, he definitely was more of like a equal partner. And so I, I started to like realize like, oh, Carson is actually a little bit better in this game than I was giving him credit for. So I loved seeing him like playing both sides. I did not think he was going home. Yeah, I the first moment I thought he was going home. I mean, he talks about building the puzzles at home and the 3D stuff. We get that whole thing. But then he's talking about his experience at NASA and how smart he is <laughs> and that he's more intelligent than they are. Like that was like. I mean, I summed it up, but that was essentially it. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, this guy's got it coming. <laughs> this uh, this young kid does it again, does the young kid thing where he's like, I'm the best person out here and I'm not afraid to show it or say it. Yeah. So that that made me think he was going to go home. And then the fact that like playing both sides so early is I don't think it's a good if you can avoid doing it this early on, then you have to. Like you can't, because the second you start telling lies, you just have to tell more lies to cover up the lies you already told. Mm -hmm. I will say like, I, I, I don't know if we are seeing the full story here and I don't know if we'll see it until next week, but like, I think he has an argument to give to Sarah of why he voted out Helen because she didn't have a vote. He needed to protect himself in this moment. And like, he maybe even had this conversation with Sarah already and like told Sarah what was happening. So like, yeah. He might not be playing both sides as much as the episode yeah. made us think. 
I think if the if Carolyn didn't play her idol, I have to believe that she felt comfortable enough. And so I also, as the votes came out, I was like, oh, she was confident enough and everybody knew exactly what was going on, except for probably Helen. I'm assuming that what we didn't see was Carson telling everyone Helen had the idol and he had read an FBI book. So he knew <laughs> for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that Helen had the idol because she crossed her arms when they were walking away from the birdcage. And Carolyn is barely containing her joy. She said Carson snake. Saying that. She yeah. said snake to him when he said that. <laughs> Side note, though, Carolyn did impress me a little bit in this episode where like we obviously see she's wacky she's wild she could barely contain her emotions and her reactions but like she was able to like suss out that Carson might not actually be working with her because like why would he work with them yeah I like that too yeah like I feel like we're actually getting footage to show that Carolyn isn't just a wacky side character and like I I feel like this is one of my biggest complaints from last season Gabler, like we didn't see that kind of footage of like Gabler being as social as he apparently was. And so like when he won, we couldn't understand why, or at least I couldn't, like I never saw any reason of why people would vote for him to win. You, but it could have been because of his goatee. Do you, th- you think it was more than... Sure. Or his fun <laughs> Al Gabler <laughs> nickname. There's, there could okay. be so many reasons. But like not saying that Carolyn is getting to the end and winning the season. But if she does, I at least already have an understanding of like how or why that could happen. And I I just, I loved seeing those moments from her this, this episode. Yeah. I actually thought it was very astute of her as well when she was like, why would he though? And then she even confronted him. She's like, why would you work with me over those two? Like I don't, there's no re like you don't have a reason to. So she made him like tell her exactly why. And uh, I, I love that. And uh, before we get to tribal council, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Jam Jam surmises Car- Carolyn pretty good with the mix of Goofy and Cher. Like when he <laughs> said, like, she's the uh, mix between Goofy and Cher. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is like her mannerisms are very Cher-ish, actually. Yep. And her voice kind of sounds like Cher. And so I was like, wow, that's uh, I never would have come up with that on my own but i was like that's exactly what it is yeah i i that i also just love jam jam like he is he's cracking me up every episode like this episode when he immediately was just agreeing with like carson sarah and helen like yeah no we're totally gonna vote together and then immediately takes off running screaming carolyn's name (laughs) this guy is bringing the entertainment on this tribe yeah, I had a moment like that on Blood versus Water where Katie, Tina's daughter, was in line to be on the chopping block and she knew it. And I went to her and I was like, hey, I'm going to tell you who to vote for uh, before tribal council, right before tribal council. If you write their name down, then you and I can work together in the future. But if you tell anybody that I had this conversation with you or you don't write the name down that I tell you to write down, then it's done then I, we are against each other. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I have to go talk to Sierra now, but it's not about what we just barely talked about just right (laughs) here, right now. And then she ran away and I was like, and then two minutes later, Sierra comes up to me. She's like, 
did you tell Katie that you were going to tell her who to vote for tonight? I was like, no, she's just trying to break our alliance up. <laughs> it was uh, a fun turn of events, but I was like, wow, this is very, very bad game. Yeah, play. like at least like walk off normally, like just like you're going to look for some firewood. Don't <laughs> yeah. go running off screaming that person's name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just have Carolyn, Carolyn, where are you? Yeah. I have to tell you something. <laughs> but it's not about who we're voting out tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's just about stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so we go to tribal council. I still like, I think that production did a beautiful job at masking who was actually going home here. Cause I was still like, Carolyn's going to have to play her idol. If she doesn't play her idol, then it could be her. I also think it could be Carson. I think everything's flipped on him. Uh, because he talked about how smart he was. That's like one of the things that they like to do is have someone, you know, wax uh, strong and poetic about how strong they are before uh, getting voted out. Mm -hmm. They, I like where Helen talks about like, who can you trust? And if she's, she's like, I feel like I can trust the people I talk to, but they also went and had conversations behind my back. And so am I just living in my own delusion? And Jeff is like, that is Survivor. And that truly is Survivor. Like, you know, conversations are happening, that they're happening about you. But are the people who are having those conversations about you honoring those conversations? Or are they honoring the conversations you had with them about somebody else? Yeah. Does that sound fun? Yeah, that sounds super fun. Because like, it just (laughs) is the paranoia that you're like, you have to just have your people that you trust. And if you don't have that, then you're not playing the game well enough. Like you can't go through the game without at least one ally that you trust a hundred or at least 99%. Like, and so, cause you, cause like you said, you know that everyone's having conversations and they are talking about you. This is the one case when it's not just paranoia. Like, you know, that people are talking about you and you just have to trust that those conversations are just like a ploy or like. You know, they're, they are still going with the plan that you've discussed. Like it's, yeah, I, that, I love that part of this game. It really messes with your head. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it, it does. Usually like if you are, if you have your fingers on the pulse and you're able to cross check enough people, you can be pretty certain mm-hmm. like because you can start gathering that people are lying to you if their stories don't exactly align and things like that. But that's also like a tricky game because if you overstep that, then people are like, oh, he's overplaying and he just won't give me any space. He has to control everything. So there is still a balance there. Uh, We get Helen talking about, you know, keeping the tribe strong in challenges. And this is the age old argument. Is it uh, strength or loyalty that you value more in these early stages of the game? Sydney? you have to pick one i think loyalty because i think exactly as they were saying in tribal like yes like physical strength is important sometimes in the challenges but most of the time it comes down to a puzzle there's like some kind of equalizer so like i i value loyalty more because at some point you're gonna go to tribal council whether or not you're great at challenges or not and if you don't have the loyalty of the people around you you're screwed so i i love that like they're even talking about how in the new school of Survivor, they're they're being open about it at tribal council. Like tribe strength doesn't mean what it used to mean. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, Sarah was like, tribe strength can be defined many different ways. And that is true. I, I think, obviously, if you can win as many challenges as possible, 
it doesn't necessarily mean physical strength, but who's someone who's well-rounded, who doesn't have a lot of huge gaps in their talent arsenal, maybe, uh, versus, you know, and that's, it's not the strong, muscly guys usually that are, but for some reason, there's that perception that when you say strong on Survivor, you're talking about the muscle man. Mm-hmm. And there's only really ever been like one or two muscle men in the history of Survivor that have really shined in performances. The rest usually are huge, huge failures. <laughs> yeah, but I I love like keeping them around to use as shields. Like that is what yeah. they are perfect for. So <laughs> bring them as far it's as crazy. you can. <laughs> it's so crazy. You're like, let's drag the strong guy to the merge who we can barely keep on his feet because he's cramping up every five seconds. And then when we get to the merge, we'll all pretend like we're afraid of his strength in these individual (laughs) challenges where you're balancing on one foot with a soccer ball on your head and then get him out of there. Yeah, all of a sudden Uh, (laughs) the guy that's been, you know, sleeping for 10 hours a day, he's the big threat to win all the challenges. (laughs) Yeah, he could go on to challenge run at any minute. (laughs) We haven't seen it yet, but it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's going to happen. And we don't want to get to that point where we regret it. Yeah, it'll be too late. <laughs> Did you like Carolyn's uh, strategy of just when Jeff asked her a question, just start crying? <laughs> no, because I don't like it when people cry. It just, it bothers me. So <laughs> she seems to all cry. The time? Yeah, she seems to cry like all the time. Literally, Jam Jam even said, this is just how she is. She'll she'll cry because we found a right. But he called it cool. He called it. <laughs> well, yeah, cool. he's he's playing Survivor right now. He can't be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I did not. I was not a fan of of that. So any crying, you are annoyed. Yeah, with. I don't do well with that. Wow. Do you ever cry your, well, yeah, yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been you know maybe one or two times in my life where I've cried. But you're not. Are you annoyed with yourself when oh you're crying? Oh my god! Yeah. I'm or... like, why are there tears coming out of my eyes? I hate <laughs> what this. is happening to me? <laughs> my eyes are sweating right now. This is not supposed to happen. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Good to know. If I'm ever around Sydney and have to cry, do, do not. not cry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's like your pet peeve is people. Crying. Yeah. It's like that, that scene in 30 Rock where Jack Donaghy is like petting Liz Lemon's back with a broom. Like they're there. Like that would be me. Yeah. I think there's also a line in, in a show or a movie where someone says, I'll give you $20 to stop crying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember where it's from. One of our listeners, I'm sure, will hit me with the <laughs> reference. But uh, uh, I've used that before. Yep. I'll give you money to stop please, crying. Please stop. That work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, she just expresses like her gratitude for being there. And mm-hmm. it's a fine moment. Uh, no, it, she, it, she didn't go full cry. She didn't go full cry. But at that moment, I was like, Carolyn is getting voted out. Like, she's not playing her idol. Carson didn't yeah. flip on her. She's going home. I was fully convinced that that was her swan song. Because even Jeff yeah. was like, you're talking in past tense. Like, it seemed yeah, like you've like already you, left. Yeah. So they yeah. The, the editing got M- me with that. Maybe she's just levels ahead. She did that on <laughs> Carolyn, really? <laughs> she did that on purpose, talking past tense, knowing. Right, right. I said she impressed yeah. me this episode. She didn't impress me that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we uh Helen's out. Mm-hmm. Pretty good blindside by production at least. That, yeah. And for Helen. I think everyone else there pretty straightforward. And uh proud of Carolyn for not playing her idol. I mean, after we saw two people scramble to play their shot in the darks because they were afraid which is 
insane because the first episode, like that one is nerve wracking because you don't want to be the first one to go home, but still like, come on. Like that should now, have been the easiest one for them and they were freaking yeah. out. And, and you're also announcing like, I don't trust anybody yep. and I'm too afraid to yeah, play. Yeah, way to start out on a real strong note. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I like that she held on to it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see her uh, play off the idol as long as she can. And uh, well, yeah, because no one, we'll s- no one knows. No one even suspects her. They all think that Helen has left with the idol. Like that, Carolyn is in such a good spot now, especially because Carson just solidified his loyalty to her and Jam Jam. Like you see yeah. that her and Jam Jam are like dancing and celebrating as they're leaving Tribal Council, which yeah. was so cute. I loved, I lo- just, I love their outward like passion and joy there. Like that's really fun. So yeah, I think Sarah's in a really tough spot now on that tribe. I mean, do we do yeah. really think Carolyn's going to keep the idol a secret though? No, she's how probably many, already told. How many most hours people. will pass before she tells Jam Jam? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> that idol is not long for this world for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a secret at least. <laughs> uh, um, Helen uh, didn't seem stoked on getting voted out, which is, I mean, finally to be real. Somebody who's finally someone who's say. upset to get voted out. <laughs> yeah, who's honest. Yeah, I would be so pissed if I yeah. waited my entire life to get on Survivor. I was yeah. no matter at what point in the game I'm voted out. I am raging. Like they would have yeah. to bleep out most of my exit interview because I would be so upset. So I, I it, like seeing especially that the first the first tribal council too. Yeah. That, that yeah, at least that you go to. It's like okay, if I get voted out post merge or something, I might be able to be like, hey, this was like a fun adventure, even though I'm I'm upset to not be a part of it. But the first tribal council, ugh, yeah, you're raging. Yeah, because at this point you've only played a quarter of the game. Yeah, there's still <laughs> three more quarters. <laughs> Literally yep. a full entire twenty five percent of the game. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, as much as I've loved seeing the exit interviews in these past few seasons where everyone's just like, I had such a great time. That was a great blind side. Like we need, we need these real upset. Passion. Yeah. 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 Give us some passion. Yeah. I want to see some tears. This is the only time that I want to see tears. That it's yeah. okay for tears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, it's a tricky situation because you don't want to come off as a sourpuss. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I don't want to be so uh, salty that people are like, oh, what a poor loser. But you also want to like share the truth. And yeah, so there is like a balance there. And some people like swing so far the other direction where they're just like, I'm just so happy I was here. And you're like, are Ugh, you though? Yeah. And maybe some people really are. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like I would be very mad at losing. I do get very upset at losing. Well, I, um, I have a question. Are you able to like, if you are so upset, are you able to be like, mm-hmm. I can't film this right now? I need like an hour to cool off. Will they let you or are producers like, no, you're filming it right now. You're filming right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So usually, so you get voted out. This is how it's been on, on my seasons. You get voted out. You walk down. Somebody runs up and grabs you and is like, come this way. Get in this vehicle or in this like little waiting room area. One of the two. And then you're waiting there and then they get the rest of the contestants out of the way. And then the jury, I think goes a separate direction and then they have, and then they pull you out. As soon as the contestants are gone, they pull you out and have you do the interview there. And then they're, and I think they are just like, 
I'm like, I don't want you. They're like, you have to do it right now. Do it right now. And then we'll go get you food and stuff. As soon as you're done with this, we can get you food. Okay. Like that's so most people are like, let's get this done and over with. I'm ready to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. Um, Riley, what do we have? Oh, before we get to that, uh, Riley, you ever dug through anyone's poop for a tooth so that they can share it with the tooth fairy? I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. Uh, no, I have not. I, I'm I'm not a parent, so I haven't. Yet, not yet. Yeah, I, I, I have not had the pleasure. Mm-hmm. Sydney? No, I, there's nothing. There is no amount of money in the world that could get me to dig through someone or something's poop for anything. But I did. Even if it's your own? No, I'm not digging through my own poop. No. Whatever's in it, just flush it. I just want to figure out where the lines are. (laughs) I'd be like, listen up, kid. The tooth fairy's not real. (laughs) No. I'll give you a couple dollars. I'll give you the dollar, yeah. (laughs) Here you go. Wrong play. This is the play. The play is that you can... uh, And this is a spoiler alert for maybe some listeners. The tooth fairy is... uh, My kids are in the room over here. Make-believe. The tooth fairies make-believe. Fictitious. Spoiler alert. So just make up some magical thing that like, oh, you swallowed your tooth. Well, the tooth fairy has powers that can suck it from your stomach. You just don't look at look at any of your poops in the toilet for the next like couple <laughs> weeks, just in case. Wow, the tooth you fairy know? is really powerful. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can do, the tooth fairy can do a lot of stuff. And so like we actually, uh, I placed a tooth of my child's under uh, her pillow once for her and my wife went in and tidied up the bed tooth gone <gasps> then my oldest Bergen was like where'd the tooth go and we're like don't worry the tooth fairy will find it and still pay you the money and she's like okay and, but like to this day we don't know where that tooth ever went like it could be hovering somewhere it's been years oh, she could bump into it at some point so <laughs> well I when I was a kid I was like such a little you know, annoying kid that like, uh, when I lost a tooth, I wanted to prove Mm -hmm. to my parents that I knew that they were lying about the tooth fairy being real. So I didn't tell them I lost the tooth. I put it under my pillow. And when it was still there in the morning, I went up to my parents. and I was like, aha, see, you have to be honest with me. The tooth fairy isn't real. And they tried to spin a story of, well, but they have to let the tooth fairy know that I lost the tooth. So the tooth fairy knows to come. And so it went on for a that? few, I did not believe it, but it went on for a few <laughs> more years before they finally admitted to me that the tooth fairy wasn't real. So we forgot one night to put money under and we were just like, ah, oh, the tooth fairy, I guess must've been super busy. They'll, she'll probably give you extra. That's usually what happens. She'll give you extra money the next day if you have to wait longer than 24 hours to get your cash. So, <laughs> so how much interest? did that cost you? <laughs> I don't know, like five bucks. <laughs> wow. So... Yeah, just four extra podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Riley, what are our superlatives? Yeah, dude, let's do it. Uh, okay. Best move of the episode. Ooh. This was a tough one because I feel like this episode was devoid of particularly no, Danny. impressive. Danny putting the idol back in such a manner that nobody suspected it of ever being gone. Mm-hmm. Has to be. Yeah. Uh, did you guys notice that Danny said that the silver coin was the fake idol and yeah. Carolyn said that the silver coin was the real idol? I did notice yeah. that. Like, do you think that one of them actually is wrong or did they just say it wrong? Like, I think they're switching it up. So it's at the merge, nobody will know what is yes, real and what isn't. One, one of the, oh, yeah, they're both right is my theory right now. And that that will come into play 
when somebody thinks that a silver coin is a fake idol because they've seen it and it's actually a real one or whatever, vice versa. Yeah. Okay. I really, yeah. if that is the case, I really love that advantage then. Because then that makes the paranoia even more intense because they're both right. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. That's what we hope. Or one of them is just incorrect and which, we'll find which is also going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> which is also going to be a fun, a fun play out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, I, I would agree that Danny's putting it back where it didn't look like it was touched was a good move. I also think that Jam Jam and Carson both not immediately accepting like, oh, we're voting out Carolyn and figuring out a way to vote out Helen instead because they thought that she had the idol. I think that that also was a pretty good move. I think I'll say Danny and just his finding a way to rummage around the woods nonstop and have nobody <laughs> immediately follow him or suspect him. Though yeah, maybe I that's mean, more they, on his tribe. <laughs> they suspected him. They just didn't care for some reason. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. They so. didn't care. They're like, yeah, Danny's being Danny. <laughs> We're just going to be lazy and let him look. Yeah. Which is, again, so dumb. Okay. Worst move. I've got like three of these written down. <laughs> you have three of them? I never yeah. write them down. I always, I do go through my notes and then I just like am now, right now, racking my brain. You just speak from the heart. For, I know. I try to. I'll uh, Sydney, do you have one <laughs> off the off of your it's, top of your head? Again, I, I'm kind of tied between like Matt and Franny not actually yeah, separating. Yeah. Like, and they even they they said that they needed to, and they still didn't do it. I think Matthew announcing that he had built this puzzle in his backyard and practiced it also not a good move because yeah. if that's the case, and you're just telling your tribe mates like I can do this, like keep that in that conversation. You don't need to announce to everyone playing that you've that you're that into the puzzles. Um, and then also Carolyn just not knowing to put the bag back immediately and having to really struggle to get it back in time is also pretty bad. Yeah. Well, and Kane announcing that he found a crab in an island oh, hole. Yes. Yeah. Kane is not in a good position right now. <laughs> he was my winner pick last episode Ooh. because he says that he is a younger, handsomer version of Tyson. Okay, but you know that that's not true. <laughs> I know. Hey, my winner pick still. last episode was Helen. So we're both not in <laughs> a very good spot. <laughs> yes, but you're in a worse spot than me. I still have a chance. True. <laughs> okay, what do we have, Riley? Well, I think I have Lauren announcing her extra vote as also one of the, yeah, that's the worst bad too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Carson thinking that reading an FBI book teaches him anything about <laughs> like how to suss out <laughs> human language or like makes him the mentalist or whatever he thought was going on there. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. I love it. Yeah. A yeah. lot of bad moves in this episode. <laughs> this is what I'm the saying. Now. Uh, yeah. Favorite moment. Ooh. Um, I think my favorite moment, I really think is when uh, Carolyn finds the key and then she has to play it off like she doesn't. And I forget who looks at her and she just says snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they look at her and she's like, snake. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and somehow it works. Like they just accept yeah. it. <laughs> well, they kind of like are like, huh? And then they're like, ah, Carolyn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, kind of the same thing, just Carolyn finding the idol and then stuffing it in her pants, running back, laying down. Feeling so relieved. Yeah, and then like you see the panic as she realizes that she needs to go put it back and like 
she's struggling to put it back and that she doesn't do it perfectly. So they still get some kind of inkling. That whole sequence was just gold. I loved that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I have Carolyn and Jam Jam deciding that to to figure out who they want to target to vote out, they'll both like make a letter with their hands and turn around yes. and reveal <laughs> it to each other at the same time. <laughs> I just think it's really the, sweet that these two people, the, the these kind of like complete uh, weirdos, I think I can say that got placed on the same tribe together. Yeah, yeah, and that they're in love with each other. <laughs> yeah. They, I like that too. I did na- make a note of that because you don't want to say a name. Like saying a name is like the worst thing you can do because then somebody weaponizes it against you. But for some reason, like you, shaping a letter with your hand is totally fine because like what's Carolyn going to do to weaponize that? She can go and be like, uh, Jam Jam, <laughs> what he did was he made an H with his hand that stands for Helen. And I also did and the same I thing. Knew. <laughs> the same yeah. <laughs> Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. So that was fun. All right. Our winner picks. Tyson, are you sticking with Kane? May as well. He did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did message me and say that because uh, I last week I said, let me know who's more handsome, me or Kane, because that is Kane professes to be a more handsome version of me. Uh, and he w- responded and said, uh, Kane, because of the hair. So he voted for himself, which put him in the lead. I only got one vote on that whole thing. Wow. <laughs> he's the Kane's only, the one, only one voted? <laughs> he, he's the only one that listens to this podcast, apparently. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Yeah. If I can retroactively vote, I would vote for you, Tyson. So it's tied. Thank you. <laughs> tied. You hear that, Kane? You're still my winner pick. Don't disappoint me. And uh, stop uh, finding crabs in idle holes and then sharing it with people. <laughs> Or if at least if you find one in an idle hole, pick it up, move it, bring it back to camp. Don't say where you found it. (laughs) Yes. I found it in this perfect idle (laughs) hole. Uh, Sydney, who's your pick to win? Oh, man. I, I, before the premiere, I picked Claire Uh, as my winner pick and I'm sticking with it. I, I think that she is making good calls. I just need her to compete in some challenges. (laughs) Yeah. She'll have to at the merge. Yeah. If she makes it that far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really, I had a tough time with this cause I don't really feel like there's a good front runner at all right now. I mean, or, it's always like this early. Yeah. Right. Uh, I actually also wrote down Claire, um, just get a good vibe from her and, but it's more like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel super good about anyone. So Claire is like a weak pick that'll probably change soon. Yeah. I don't, I don't claim to, say that I have much faith in what Kane is currently doing to get him to victory, but like, who else am I supposed to choose right now? Yeah, you gotta stick with it. Yeah. Ride or die till he's dead, then I'll choose someone else. (laughs) Or if he makes a huge blunder, I'll go a different direction too. You don't think he already has? (laughs) A bigger, even more bigger (laughs) Even worse, okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Final superlative is who is the next person going home? Hmm. I'm so sorry to both of your winner picks, but Kane. <laughs> okay, Kane. Oh, man. Should I hedge my bets and also say Kane? <laughs> yeah. You win no matter what. Um, yeah, I would win. <laughs> um, let me think. I think it's going to be a matter of Franny. Mm. Yep. Yeah, because they haven't even I've, gone to tribal yet. Yeah. And I think uh, 
I think it's going to be Franny. Ooh, I think it's going to be Matt. I think that uh, Franny is going to realize that to advance in the game, she has to actually get oh. Matt out. And Matt, she's going to be Matt. I think is too love struck to realize that he needs yeah. to do the same. Okay, in yeah. You, I'll stick with Franny just for the stake, sake of it. But uh, your points make sense, Riley. Yeah. And I wish I had said Matt instead. Now, <laughs> but you're locked in on Franny. <laughs> I'm locked in on Franny. Come on, Matt. Okay. Uh, anything else, Riley? No, that's everything for me. Okay, uh, Sydney. Anything else before we shut this thing down? Um, no, the only thing is, uh, I just saw you tweeted that you're looking for shows to watch on different days. And, you know, there's yes. always the Challenge World Championship streaming on Wednesdays. You could see. <laughs> I only get one show a Wednesday and that's survive, <laughs> uh, one show a day. I don't do multiple okay, so shows. Okay, watch it, watch it on Thursday. Eh, it'll be old news by then. <laughs> I, I saw, I watched what you could have been there for. <laughs> I watched it on a major network and it wasn't great. So why would I then watch it on a streaming platform only? Okay, that's fair. That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. Uh, the uh, fan base is missing out that I was not there. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. You can follow uh, Sydney Bucksbaum on Twitter. That's where I follow her. I'm assuming you're also on Instagram and LinkedIn. Yep, yep. All, the, uh, all the same, at Sydney yeah, Bucksbaum. So, yeah, if it's... Uh, if it's business related, probably hit her up on LinkedIn, but it, everything else just for entertainment, <laughs> uh, follow her on Insta and Twitter. Uh, thank you, Riley, for taking the time and uh, sharing your insight. And until next week, uh, this is The Pod Has Spoken. Riley, what's our sign off? Uh, it didn't work last week when I said The Pod Has Spoken has spoken. You used to say just like, see ya. And that was fine. I don't know. See ya. You know what, you know what the best part about the sign off is? <laughs> Oh, you're going to keep going? Gonna I just the, did the sign. You're going to have the least number of listeners. <laughs> yeah, what? what? The, le the least number of people who listen to the pod will hear the sign off. That's yeah. true. And with that, we're out of here. Okay, we'll do that one. <laughs> Over and out. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>